Well, this morning, uh, Pastor Joe is actually away, and he just got to perform his older sister's wedding, which is awesome today. And uh, so he's still in Buffalo. And this morning, we just want to pray for him and his family as they travel back and, and pray that they get have a, a restful weekend. And we'll also pray for our message. So let's just ask God to be with us this morning. Uh, God, we thank you that you're here today. I thank you that we got to experience your presence during worship. And I pray that that would just continue through the message that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And God, I pray for Pastor Joe that you would just continue to bless him and give him vision and passion for you. And I ask that you do the same for us, that you give us vision and passion for how you want our lives to go. So we love you and appreciate you so much today, God, in your name. Amen. Got some bad news today if you're a certain type of personality. Uh, if you're a type A or concrete sequential, uh, we're not going through the Ten Commandments sequentially. And so today, uh, we're going to skip over number seven and go to number eight and nine. And now you just got frustrated because now we're doing two commandments in one day. But it, it'll be okay. Things will be okay. Uh, Pastor Joe is actually going to preach number seven next week. And uh, we can get back on, on order and you'll be fine. But I think it's okay to preach two commandments today because I think they go together. So we're going to do commandments number eight and nine. And that's verses 15 and 16 of Exodus 20, if, if you're wondering. And it, it's going to be about lying and stealing. And I think those go together because those are two things that we think we can kind of just, you know, break. But it's okay because it doesn't really hurt anybody else. And so we just think it's for our own good. And so let me give you a little scenario. Let's say you're married or you have a girlfriend. And you're going clothes shopping. And you've been at the store for a while. Maybe hours. True story. And you're just sitting and minding your own business and then you get a text or, or this person calls your attention and says, would you come to the dressing room? I want you to see this. And so you, you go over a little bit nervous and then they ask you the question that's the dreaded question. Does this make me look fat? And for us guys, we're like deer stuck in the headlight because we're just, we don't know what to say. And sometimes their mouth is open and drool's coming out because you're just not sure. And at that moment, you have the choice. You could lie or you could tell the truth. And, and sometimes in that situation, lying is actually beneficial, right? Things are going good, but telling the truth could actually get you physically hurt. But, but in our lives, there's hundreds of times we're going to come across a situation where telling the truth is actually going to be harmful for us or not benefit us, and telling a lie is going to be helpful. And so we need to make the decision in our lives if we're going to tell the truth or not. And I think the same goes for stealing, that there's lots of times in our life where we can steal or just take a little bit something and we try to say, well, you know what, this, this isn't really going to hurt anyone, so, so let me just do this. But God would say, actually, that's not right. And so he gave us the Ten Commandments. And so if you're in here and you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, um, this message is, is for people who follow Jesus to say, this is how we live if we follow Jesus. But I really do believe that if you live life the way God tells us to, that it's going to go better for you. So the message is really for everyone this morning. Um, the Ten Commandments are really broken up into two sections. So the first four commandments are about between God and us, so the relationship between God and us. And then the last six are between the relationship of, of us and other people. And so Jesus sort of broke it down for us. 
Jesus said there's two great commandments. The first one is this, that we should love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he said the second one is like it, that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so what Jesus is going to say is that if you lie and steal, you're actually not loving your neighbors and caring for them like you would want to be cared for. So so we put passwords on our phones, we put locks on our doors because we really don't want to be stolen from. And we don't really want to be lied to either. And so when we love people like we want to be loved, we can follow in the way that God calls us to do. And so this morning, I want to just break down this lie that when we lie and steal for our own good, that it doesn't hurt anybody. Because when we lie and steal for our own good, it actually turns out bad for everyone. So we're going to look this morning at at these two commandments. First, we're going to look at stealing. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Exodus 20, verse 15, or your app, um, or it's up here on the screen. I love to see people go down and get their Bibles or get their phone. It's awesome when we can engage in the Word of God together. And so Exodus 20, 15, four simple words. You've probably heard this in the past. Simply this, you shall not steal. And I wish I could just stop the sermon there and just say, hey, that's great, let's stop stealing. But, but then we would be able to go home now and, and we want to hear more of God's word. So you shall not steal. So stealing is a little bit more than just taking something from someone else. If we look at stealing from God's perspective, let's say from the 30,000 foot perspective, what we really come to is, is this definition, is that stealing is taking the gift of God that he has given to others. So stealing isn't just taking something, it's actually taking what God's given to them. And so in the, in the Bible, we see possessions a little bit differently than we do just in regular life. We see possessions as God's gift to us. Okay, so in the Old Testament, people own something, and God's all about personal property possession. Okay, and so we see just two chapters after the Ten Commandments, we see that, that God is all about personal property. And so in Exodus 22... Uh, Verses 3 and 4, he says, anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. But if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their theft. And if the stolen animal is found alive in their possession, possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, they must pay back double. So in the Old Testament, there's one thing that, that we have today that they didn't have. It's called insurance. Right, so if someone goes and they steal your car, or in their case, their ox, or their donkey, or their sheep, we can get paid back from that. Like we go to the police station, we report it, people send us a check in the mail. But in the Old Testament, there's none of that. And so people's possessions were actually their livelihoods. That's what helped them survive. And so there's no retirement accounts. There's no, no way to put aside money for later for when you can't work anymore. And so when someone stole from you, they're actually threatening your life. And so God's really serious about public possessions. And today, God's serious about it because everything that we have is actually from God. Okay, so we're not owners of what we have. We're actually stewards. So we, we talked about this lots in the past, but we steward what God has given us for his purposes. And so when you have talents, abilities, skills that you use, and you go and you have a job and you get money, it's not you actually the one owning the money you get from your job. It's actually God because he's giving you the gifts, talents, and abilities to do that. And so when we steal from other people, when we take from them, we're not just sinning against them, we're sinning against God. And there's really 
two ways that we sin against God. The first one is this, that we fail to trust God's provision. I never thought about stealing this way until I started, started really researching it, is that we really fail to trust God's provision. So basically, your attitude is this. Hey God, uh, you've given me some stuff, but I really want more. I really want this other stuff. And so instead of trusting you to give it to me, I'm going to go and I'm going to take it from other people. And so stealing is really a lack of trust in God. And then the second way that we do that is that we really assault God's providence for others. And so in the same way we say, hey God, I have something that I want, so I'm going to take it. We say, hey God, you know what? You were actually wrong when you gave this stuff to this person. Like, they don't actually need it. I need it. So we say, God, I'm going to take this, and you were wrong, and I basically know what's better. And so when we steal from other people, basically saying, God, you're wrong, and I'm right. So what does stealing look like in, in the real world? And, and some of us just have a small view of stealing, so let me just expand it. I, I made this list, and it's not exhaustive, but it covers a lot. Right, so stealing includes these things. Burglary, robbery, hijacking, shoplifting, pickpocketing, embezzling money, uh, blackmailing, racketeering. Then you have unfair payday loans, exorbitant interest, false insurance claims, not paying proper taxes, uh, misrepresenting who you are to get financial aid of some kind, illegally downloading things, falsely billing a client, taking intellectual property, plagiarism, and identity theft. So these are just some of the things that go with stealing. And one area that I never really thought about stealing, though, and I'm going to highlight that this morning, is when you steal from work or steal at your job. And so I used to work at a, a nonprofit, and we help people with disability find jobs. But I would just see this kind of theft happening all the time at work. And so one way you can steal at work is taking office supplies home. And that sounds super minor. Right? It sounds super minor, like I'm going to take some post-it notes or some pens or whatever it may be. But really that company paid for that and so you're actually doing harm when you take it. Or when you don't put in a full day's work, they're paying you for a full day but you don't actually do that. Or, and this is the biggest one, is wasting time at work. Okay? People waste time through the internet, through socializing, through doing personal business. And this is actually stealing from work. And statistics tell us that on average, this blew my mind, that employees in America waste about two to three hours a day at work. And they say this, this cost, these are conservative estimates, that it costs businesses about $100 billion a year when they waste. And, and some people even say about a third of the cost of each product that's sent out is just to pay for employee waste and employee theft. And so when, when we think about stealing, we need to expand our mind than just, I took this from this guy. And it really does do harm. And then there's not just stealing from other people, but there's also stealing from God. And about 400 years before Jesus came to earth, uh, he's, God sent this prophet named Malachi. And Malachi is talking to the, the people of Israel. And he says, you're robbing God in Malachi chapter 3 because they weren't bringing their full tithe to the temple. And so what tithe was is tithe is basically kind of 10% of what you make. And that was one of the standards in the Old Testament. And so it's, at Spring Valley, we believe if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be giving because that's what God calls us to do. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we didn't ask you to come here this morning so, so we can guilt you into giving us some kind of money. That's not the case. But if you are a follower of Jesus, 
Uh, we think it's our call to give. And so we believe in grace-based giving, so we don't stick to that 10%. We don't know if we see that in the New Testament, but we do think 10% is really a great place to start. But robbing God isn't just about money. It's about your time and your talent and your energy. And the question is, are you giving God your best? And I say, everybody in this room, we have to ask ourselves the question, are you giving God your best? And, and, and I have to just freely admit that there's times when I'm not, and I'm growing in this. And so in some way, everybody in this room is, is a thief. And I love Martin Luther's quote. And he said, if all who were thieves, though they were unwilling to admit it, were hanged on the gallows, the world would soon be empty. And there would be a shortage of both hangmen and gallows. And what Martin Luther is saying is that no one is really exempt from being a thief. Even sometimes we read this like, just check off the boxes. Nope, haven't lied lately, haven't stolen lately. But, but maybe we have. And I think there's a better way to go. And we can't let ourselves off the hook though. Just saying like, I just took that little thing and it's not really going to hurt anybody. Because really when you lie and steal and you think it's for your own good, it really turns out badly for everyone. And so let's go from, from the happy thoughts that we're having about stealing to now talk about lying. And so the next commandment, the ninth commandment is you shall not give false testimony against your neighbors. Exodus 20, 16. So you say, Andrew, this isn't lying. Well, when you look at the Ten Commandments, you have to say that some of the Ten Commandments go to the highest extreme of anything that they prohibit. So basically, when someone gave false testimony against their neighbor, it could lead to death. So all the lesser things under giving false testimony lead us to we shouldn't lie. Not only should we not give false testimony, but we shouldn't lie. And so what is lying? I came up with this definition. Lying is really this. It's not telling the whole truth about someone or something. And I think that word whole is key. Not telling the whole truth about someone or something. And so lying in this commandment is really in the context of a court system. So um, raise your hand if you've ever seen NCIS, one of the 15 seasons, or CSI, one of the 18 states that they're in. Okay, so all those people raise your hand. I want you to now forget about you've ever heard of DNA evidence, that you've ever heard of anyone investigating a crime scene and testing hair, and testing blood, because none of this happened in the Old Testament. In the court system, it was basically, here's the person who's being put on trial, and then here's all the witnesses who are going to say what happened, what they saw, what they experienced. And basically, the judge is making his decision on what the witnesses say, and on what the person who's being prosecuted says, and making a decision on that. And so truth was crucial in this time. Uh, in, the, in the Hebrew justice system is basically they'd have to have two or three witnesses instead of just one to really make a person guilty. And they really took the truth seriously. So seriously that if you were the witness and you lied about a person and they found out that you were lying, you would get the punishment that that person was supposed to get. And so if that person was supposed to get stoned and killed for something they did, and the judge found out that you were lying... You were the one who actually got stoned and killed. And so truth was really taken seriously back in the Old Testament. And yet today, somehow, we don't really take truth that seriously. I mean, you might have used to believe that everything you read on the internet is true. 
And then you have these news organizations, they're saying, we have the real story. And then these people say, no, we have the real story. These people say, we're fair and balanced. No, we know the truth. And, and everyone's just kind of arguing about what the truth is. And it's so gray and it's so blurry in our time. Uh, one magazine columnist, he basically came to the conclusion that uh, on one hand, nearly everyone condemns lying. And on the other hand, nearly everyone does it every day. And we just see that in our world, that you don't know what to trust or who to trust because people aren't people of truth. Truth is just this gray area. And so why as followers of Jesus should we be about the truth? And I think it's because God is about the truth. And so here's a couple of scriptures about God that, that might show us that. Titus 1, 2. Paul's introducing himself to um, Titus and, and the readers of this letter. And he says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. And then, listen to this, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. God is not a liar. So we see God is a truth-telling. And then, how about Jesus? In John 14, 6, Jesus answered some people, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, it's really good to see that God doesn't lie and Jesus doesn't lie. And we'd say, well, that's really nice. But there's still times in my life where, where lying seems okay just to kind of avoid consequences. It's not really going to hurt anybody. Just a white lie or a little fib. But then we see Jesus, and Jesus starts to talk to these people. And there's some people who start to call Jesus, like, he has a demon inside of them. And they start to just say all these things about Jesus. And then Jesus kind of tells them who they really are. And in John 8, Jesus says this, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So I think Jesus just used the word liar like eight times compared to Satan. And so basically what Jesus says, if you're a person who tells the truth, you can be a child of God, but if you're a person who lies, then you're a child of Satan. And that seems pretty harsh, doesn't it? Like, just a little white liar, a little... You're actually playing for the opposite side. If you're a follower of Jesus and you still think lying's okay. So what is lying? We'll just go through it quickly. I think we can think of falsehood as lies, fabrication when you make up the truth, falsification of some kind of records or a story, libel, slandered, big lies, white lies, half-truths, and flatteries, and, and really two specific categories of lies came to my mind. And so, so the first category is malicious lies. These are lies that you, you tell about other people to kind of bring about justice. And so you think slander and libel and deceptive and idle and empty talk about people. And, and I would put gossip under here. And, and sometimes gossip is true, but you're telling it in a way that should hurt other people. And so gossip is basically when you talk about people behind their back and, and it tears down their reputation. And, and Christians are uh, really funny when it comes to gossip. We like to wash gossip with, with the title prayer request. Like, I really have this prayer request? And I'm just going to tell you, we really need to pray for this person. And really, you just want to share news about someone else that you don't need to. So there's a Jewish proverb about gossip that it kills three people. It kills the person who tells it, the person who's it about, and the person who listens. And so... Part of lying is gossiping, and that's one thing we need to repent of. But then there's another kind of lie, which 
which I think we're just a little bit more comfortable about, and that's the self-promoting kind of lie. So under this category, we got flattery, telling lies or half-truths to avoid negative consequences, or, or lying to protect the illusion of who we are, or to get what we want. Right, so when you flatter someone, when you suck up to the teacher, when you suck up to the boss, when, when anybody does that, what they're doing is, is really kind of telling a half-truth or non-truth to get what they want. And then you also have these lies where you avoid consequences by maybe rearranging the truth. Some of us are really good at this, right? That we can really flip a story and say, well, it was kind of my fault, but really if this person would have done this and this person would have done this, then it would be okay. And we sort of try to put blame on other people or just flat out lie and try to avoid. And the question is, why do we do this? Why do we lie and steal? Well, I think it's a good question. I think, why do we break these commands that God gave us? I think it really starts off with this, is that Jesus called us to love our neighbors. And so now... If we don't love our neighbors, what we're really saying is, well, I'm really more important than my neighbor. And so God set, set the priority list, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So those are, those are the two priority lists. But when we steal and lie to other people, what we're saying is, I'm actually the most important. I'm at the top of the list. So what I think is right goes. And so we say, I'm not going to honor God. I'm not going to love my neighbor. I'm going to do these things for, our, for myself. And maybe you don't actually have that thought. But, but that's actually what comes out. Maybe another reason we lie and steal is because we're afraid. M maybe you're afraid that you won't have enough, so you need to take it from someone else. Or maybe you don't want to face these consequences. You don't actually trust God's plan for your life and God's purpose for your life. So you say, you know what, I'm going to just do things on my own. And, and really the bottom thing that comes from self-importance and fear is really the issue of pride. I think pride really stops us from wanting to see ourselves as messed up as sinners and liars. And, and so we, we sort of get blinded to that. But here's what pride does. Pride says, God, um, I could trust you to provide for me, but you don't know exactly what I want or what I need. And so now I'm going to go and get it myself because I know it's better than you. And when we lie, God, we could tell the truth and trust you with the outcome, but, but instead, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm just going to lie a little bit and, and change the situation because I don't trust you. And here's what happens when you're prideful. You decide, I'm going to put myself in the place of God. So when you steal and lie, what you're saying is, I know better than God, and I'm going to put myself in his place. So this morning, the question for us is, is if we're not going to steal and lie... What should we do instead? Every commandment has an opposite. Okay, so there's something that we shouldn't do, but then there's something that we should do. And so what do we do with stealing? Well, I think the Apostle Paul, who we, who we heard from a little bit earlier, he said this to a church that he's writing to in Ephesus. He said, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work and do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Now, Paul isn't talking to actually like all these people outside of his church. He was saying if people inside the church are stealing, what they need to do is stop and then repent. And repent really means that they need to turn from their ways and go the opposite way. So what does it mean to repent? 
from stealing. I think first of all, it means stop. There's some of us in here who've been stealing for a while and maybe we didn't know it, maybe we did know it, but, but Paul really asks us and Jesus calls us as followers of him to stop and turn the opposite way. If it's stealing from other people, if it's stealing from your work, if it's stealing from God in a sense, he just calls us to repent and turn the other way. And the way that we can turn the other way is to have the right perspective on your possessions. And so there's three ways that you can look at your possessions. The first one is this. What's yours is mine, I'll take it. That's just the attitude in our society. You don't deserve that. I deserve it, so I'm going to take it. Number two, what's mine is mine, and so I'll keep it. And then here's, here's the right perspective. What's mine is God, and I'll share it. So what's mine is God's, and I'll share it. So what you're saying is not everything you own is actually yours. Everything you own was given to you by God. And so when we start to see everything we own is God's, what we're really coming to the conclusion is it's not for us to use all for ourselves. Some of it is, but it's used for us to bless other people. And so we need to become people who are givers and not takers. And I'm not talking just about financially. I'm talking about in our lives, with our energy, with our talents, where people who are supposed to bless others and love them. And then there's this harder consequence to not stealing, and that's, it's called make restitution. And so in Luke 19, we meet a, a strange, really short character named Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. And he went and he stole money from people and charged them over and over and over again more than they needed to pay. And he pocketed that money. And when he met Jesus, it changed who he was. And he made this bold statement. He said, Jesus, listen, I'm going to give half my money to the poor and I'm going to pay anyone who, who I cheated four times the amount. And so Zacchaeus sets the bar really high from us. And so the question for us today, for me today, is how are we going to make restitution? And I think the Holy Spirit will really help you figure that out. And sometimes you need to process that. But do you need to make restitution to someone? Have you taken something that you shouldn't have? And so the opposite of not stealing is, is being a giver and not a taker and making restitution. And I think the question is, what do we do about lying? And, and Paul tells us again in that same book, in that same chapter, he says, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will, or instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Christ, who is the head, that is Christ. So here's what Paul said. Stop lying and start telling the truth. And when we tell the truth in love, we're not just harsh and we just tell people the truth straight up, but we do it in love and we share with them. We're becoming more like Christ. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of us in here, and I put myself in the category that there's times when you lied. And then you're living with that lie. Like, like it started off real small, but, but now... You live with it because the thing that you did or the thing that you're doing is so embarrassing or so hard for other people to swallow that you don't want to tell anyone. And so you may be sitting in here and you're saying, that, that might be me that, that I've been engaged in this activity and I've been, been doing this and I don't want to tell anyone because I'm afraid of the consequences. And the truth is that you're being blinded by a lie because you're saying, well, I'll just keep the secret. It'll be better for everyone. And the truth is, it won't be. That you're actually in bondage in your life because you're living under this lie. I've had this 
scenario play out so many times in my life where I was afraid to say anything about it. And then when I finally confessed it to someone, when I finally shared my heart and opened up, it set me free. And that's why the scriptures tell us that the truth will set you free. And so today, I just want to plead with you, if you're living under a lie, if you're keeping something from family or friends, today is the day to confess that. And maybe you'll even be surprised how gracious your family or friends or work is. And honestly, some of us just need to face the consequences of what we've done, that we can't keep running away from it forever. And maybe it won't be good for a little while. Maybe it won't be easy for a little while. But in the end, you're going to look back. I promise you, you're going to look back on that and say, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I came out of the darkness. How much better is it if, if you come out of the darkness instead of someone else bringing you out of the darkness? And how much more pain and hurt there will be? Because Satan is the father of lies. He loves to have you believe that you can live that way. But Jesus says, guess what? I love you. I care for you. I want you to be people of the truth. And so that's what Jesus calls us to be. He calls us to be people of the truth. That we use truth for good. That it's not only, hey, I'm going to stop lying. But, but now we actually use the truth to help encourage other people. And to say the good things that we see in our life. And people want to be around you. Because you're going to share with them what the good things you see. And you're going to be able to encourage them. And you're just going to be a blessing to their life. And so if you're a person of the truth, you can do that. You know, in his life, Jesus never told a lie, and yet he was called a liar over and over again. All the way so much that the reason that he was put on the cross is because people thought he lied, because they said he blasphemed God, and they crucified him for it. And the good news is that when Jesus hung on that cross, that there were two other people next to him and they were thieves. And they'd stolen. And they didn't have a long time with Jesus. They didn't get to talk to him for a long time. But one of them said to Jesus, would you remember me when you're coming to your kingdom? He was really giving his life over to Jesus to say, I don't want to be a thief anymore, but I want to serve you. And the good news is Jesus said yes. And so for all of us in here today who, who are thieves or liars, the same good news is for us. That Jesus doesn't sit there and condemn you. But he says that you can come and be with me. And, and I think this process of, of growing in, out of being people of the truth and changing our perspective on our possessions, I think that takes time. And I think the Holy Spirit has to work and you're not going to fix yourself. But Jesus says, no matter if you're a liar or a thief, you can come to me and I'll accept you. And this morning, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you would say, you know what, I want to follow someone like that. Someone who loves me and cares for me. You can do that this morning. If I could have every head bowed and eye closed, would you, would you just um, think about this with me? That you were God's enemy at one point, and yet he still loved you enough to send Jesus. And this morning, if you would say, I'm not a follower of Jesus right now, but I, I want that. I want to follow someone like that. I want to give my life to that. Will you just raise your hand and let me know this morning? 
You say, yes, I want to follow Jesus that way. Okay, you can look up at me. And this morning, we're just going to take a few moments and, and uh, I want you to think about these three things. The first thing is this, what do you need to repent of? Are there ways in your life that you didn't realize that you may be stealing or lying? And repenting isn't just saying, God, I'm sorry. Repenting is saying, God, I'm sorry, and I'm going to turn the other way. And how do we turn the other way? Second thing we do is we change our, our perspective on our possessions. That we say, what's mine is God's, and I'm going to share it. Are you someone whose life is marked with generosity and sharing? Or is it saying, I need to get as much as I can for myself? The last thing I want you to think of, are you a person of truth? We can grow and become people of truth. And there's, there's going to be times in your life, I bet even this week, when you'll have to make a decision, are you going to be a person of truth? Are you going to confess those things in your life that you've been living that are lies? Are you going to believe the lie that, that you'll just lie a little bit, but it won't hurt anybody because really in the end, lying and stealing hurts everybody. So we're going to take just a few moments and I just want you to reflect on those those ideas and then I'll pray and we can be dismissed if you want to stay in this room and, and you need to talk to someone I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up so that you can pray with them um, about anything you heard today or about something else going on in your life but if not you can go behind the curtain and, and just leave time for people to pray so just take a few moments I thank you that uh, even though I've been a thief and a liar in my life that you've forgiven me and you continue to forgive me I pray that as we become people of truth and people who give and people who want to follow you and obey you that you would guide us and be with us even today God I pray for, for courage for many who need to admit something or make restitution. Pray that you would empower them to do so. I also ask that you would empower us as we leave this place, that we'd be able to be people who want to serve you and want to do your life, and want to do life your way. Help us to be those people who are followers of you, Jesus. In your name, amen ask our prayer partners to come up and if you want to pray with someone you can you can do that this morning if not you can be dismissed have a great day